So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 70 for uh, September 4th, 2016. My name is Reaton, and joining me this week we have Jerry Corcoran, also known as Parallax Abstraction. I ate way too much at a land party and kind of feel crappy. <laughs> and we also have Mr. Personality, Andrew Aroa McFain. When did I get that title? Uh, it was on Twitter. Because I said you have no personality. And you're like, no, I have a personality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? I, I knew you wouldn't get it. Oh, <laughs> oh well. Oh, well. I try. I, I... <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm going to talk about myself a little bit first. I'm not going to ask you guys what games you have been playing. What I'm going to talk That's about good. is I had a really good find yesterday. Mm -hmm. so, I went, uh, so I went to... Prineville, where I used to live, on Friday to work out, and then afterwards I swung by a thrift shop uh, in town called the Honey Hole, which sounds like a strip club. <laughs> let's just let's be fair. Sounds oh, like a strip god, club. Oh god, that's so easy. <laughs> and so, but it's actually a really good thrift store, and my friend's uh, mom works there. So I I went there on Friday, and she, they were just closing down. She's like, "Hey, um, when?" Or come by tomorrow because we have some things I, I think you'll really like. And so I come by, and they have two of the original Xboxes. Uh, mm. And then one and a half seasons of Full Metal Alchemist. And I was able to pick all that up for 20 bucks. Dang. That's all right. Well, and then I brought them home. Both of the Xboxes turn on fine and work. One of okay. which is already modded. Nice. So oh, it, it has Super Nintendo, Genesis, uh, and MAME games. And then it also has uh, a bunch of movies on it. So I ended up with like Toy Story 1 and 2, The Lion King, <laughs> Mulan. Like a bunch of Disney movies are on it for some reason. Which also means they replaced the hard drive, which yeah. is pretty sweet too. Yeah. So yeah. they had uh, – it, it was that was a pretty good find for 20 bucks. Yeah, definitely. And those uh, those original Xboxes, depending on the mod, are really handy too. Because I I have one that's modded as well. And yeah, they're they're really nice because most of them have FTP servers on them too, so you can just join them over your network and just drop stuff right on the hard drive. Right. Yeah. Pretty. So, yeah. That's so pretty awesome. For the other one, because I now have three original Xboxes, <laughs> uh, I ordered an action replay on eBay because apparently the way to soft mod it is to Get an action replay, Splinter Cell for some reason, and a flash drive. Well, make huh. sure it's the right version of Splinter Cell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so the the pack on eBay, I looked up action replay Xbox, and it came with Splinter Cell, the action <laughs> replay, and a flash drive. Um, well, well I, I did it with Mech Assault. Yeah, you can do it with Mech was, Assault. Uh, I, I, I actually had the 
I have a copy that's not supposed to be sold. I don't even know how I have it. Oh wow, that's it's, pretty awesome. It, I, I got it at a yard sale with a sticker on it that says it was. It, it's got a big Microsoft sticker on it, and it says "not for sale." Oh, wow. <laughs> Weird. I guess it was probably bundled in with something, or yeah, yeah, that, that might be it. That's but, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I I, w- I looked into replacing the hard drive, but it's a. Uh, I for- I I forgot that the Xbox One or the original Xbox was released in. 2001 yeah it's an ide hard drive and so it's an ide hard drive i'm like oh, i have to find an ide hard drive to replace it, it yeah fuck it it's also a huge pain in the ass because you have to you have to mod it and then get the key off of the hard drive that ties it to the motherboard oh so you have to do a soft mod get the key replace the hard drive and then update all the shit yeah you have to like you have to hot swap the hard drive oh um and it's uh, I I ended up fucking up my buddy's uh, Xbox because he he got one and accidentally erased the hard drive before I got the key off of it. Oh no! And Dude. so there was no way to there was no way to do anything with it. He just had a dead Xbox. Oh wow, that sucks. But yeah, so yeah, there's some because uh, I, I upgraded the. I remember after I bought the one that I have sitting around a long time ago, I upgraded the hard drive in, and at least the mod that I had, there was just a utility. Yeah, there was a utility you could run on the machine, the Xbox itself, that would like pull the key from the drive and I think export it or something. I, I don't remember yeah. how, but it was it was easier than I thought. But yeah, it, it's a process. You just got to make sure you do everything in exactly the right order. Yeah, yeah see, and, and don't be a fuck nut like me. Yeah, I've <laughs> never actually uh, modded an Xbox, so I'm just going to do the standard mod because I don't really feel like swapping out an IDE hard drive. So, yeah. and there's not a lot of documentation online anymore that I could find, or it's yeah, really hard to is, find. A lot of it is is uh, dead pages, and yeah. all of, almost all of it links out to like tools that don't exist anymore and shit. It's kind of depressing, honestly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, I could probably figure out how to just do the soft mod, but doing a hard mod would be a pain in the ass, and I don't want to do that. So I already have one that has, you know, all the stuff that I would need or want, so whatever. I was reading one page from, like, 2006, and they're like, oh, yeah, you really want to do the... You don't want to do either of the mods because you can't play online. And I'm like, well, not a problem <laughs> anymore. Hmm. But... Other than that, I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen and twenty XX. I actually was inspired to buy the game twenty XX, even though it's in early access, because I watched Parallax Abstractions video on it. So thank you. Hey. Oh, it's good. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're digging it. I like yeah, I like that game a lot and it's way further it's it's much more of a complete game for something that's in early access compared to a lot of other things. You're talking about Mighty Number Nine. Well, not even that, just just a lot of early access games in general, but well, like yeah. it feels like mostly a game already, and the guy's updating it like basically every three weeks. Yet there's literally a timer in the menu that says time till next update. Yeah, like 10 days yeah. from now, there's going to be another update. Like- yeah, he's been supporting it really well, which is good. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of ripped Mighty Number no. 9 to shreds when I reviewed it too. I think, yeah, even, even though they're fundamentally very different games, because 20XX is a roguelike and Mighty Number no. 9 isn't, I think people should definitely buy 20XX instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I inherently like roguelikes and hate roguelikes mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, so, I totally get you. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, it's not even the difficulty. I just, 
I don't like that everything starts over. I, I don't know. I'm weird. Yeah. I, I like progressing through the game, which I, there is a little bit of progression, but still. Anyway, uh, I also beat Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Oh, nice. Uh, took me I about, still haven't yet, but I'm, I'm chugging away at it. It took me about 25 hours to do so. Okay. And you, did you do all the side stuff or did you skip some of that? I did most of the side stuff. I don't think I I did all of it, but I did quite a bit of it. So I'm thinking if you okay. did everything, it'd probably take you about 30 hours. Yeah, I, I aim to do everything, but I know in this one, some of the side quests are things you discover through like that, po- the, that point of interest mechanic, which I probably missed a couple of things from that already, but because I think I've yeah. only run into two of those so far, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm guessing I was guessing it'd be 25 to 30 hours, which is which is pretty good. That's a fair bit longer than the the last game was. So well, and there's a there are a few things I have a problem with. I don't like the fact that um your like when you your energy level as you use it, like it goes down, so you have to use bio cells to bring it up all the way. Like if at that least makes beyond sense. that minimum, it recharges. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can have it like it'll be like twenty five percent, and you're like, yeah, this is useless now. So you have to yeah. use the bio cells. Yeah, that's not as that's not as good. I ha- I've been kind of managing okay, but uh, not not to to spoil anything either. But I've I've heard a few people say that one of their chief complaints is that the story in that game just kind of ends and doesn't conclude very well, and that it kind of feels like maybe they're going to sell the ending as DLC. Would you say that was your experience too, or was it a little better than that? Yes. Oh it, dear. It, it definitely it ends. Um, there is it's a pretty definitive ending like you okay uh, uh what i mean is you feel like okay this is a good place to end if there was a second game um right. because you you know you beat the big bad guy yada 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 but for some reason you can tell there's an ending scene after the credits or in the middle of the credits there's an mm. ending scene and you're like fuck and you can tell that they're getting ready to do more DLC or an expansion or something. DLC, definitely. So. Oh, yeah. I think the first one's already had its release date announced. Yeah. So uh, I didn't like that. But to be fair, I think that it was $45 well spent. So. Yeah. I, I still I've like still it. been enjoying it so far. Like, I just love the world they make in those games. So, I, oh, yeah. you know, for that alone, I think I'm going to like it. What about you, Aroa? What are your thoughts on Deus Ex? Sorry, I had my mic muted. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, funnily enough, I'm in the process of playing through uh, Human Revolution because I never finished it. Oh. Well, um, oh. Because, yeah, I, uh, I got to China and then I never played it again. Oh, wow. Um, just a thing, I know it's, I don't know if it's going to matter, but they offer you an upgrade in that game. I don't know if you got to that part, um, oh. where they upgrade your, um, software basically. Yeah. Don't take the upgrade. Oh. Yeah. Don't take the oh, upgrade to the software. right. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Okay. That took me a second, but yeah. yes. <laughs> just, you, you'll thank me for it. Uh. I'm, I'm assuming that it's, it's got a like a Trojan in it or something. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, 
do you, it's are you okay with me spoiling spoiling a little bit of it for you? Yeah, go ahead. So, and just so you know, spoilers for a what five year old game? Five year old game. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you get the upgrade uh, to your software, and then you go to fight a boss, and the boss basically presses a button and it fucks with all your systems. Uh, and so, like, you can't use any of your augments against that boss. Oh, uh, wow. That that is one good thing about. I got the pacifist run on the new game. Um, funnily enough, I totally killed people. <laughs> so apparently, you turning on turrets to kill people for you doesn't count as killing people. It's funny because um, in a in a review that I watched, they were complaining that. Um, basically knocking somebody out and then their body falling off somewhere and then dying, that counts as you killing them. Oh, wow. Oh, that's kind of lame. So, uh, Mr. Personality, what games have you been playing? I've been playing Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's <laughs> Cut. Oh, good, good. Um, I Every once in a while, I'll put on Elite Dangerous for a little while and I, I want to get through Attack on Titan, but I just... I, the the hype for the new Deus Ex game is is made play that so oh the hype man, is, I saw a yeah. video on that Attack on Titan game today man that is a that is a thing that <laughs> <laughs> wow I, yeah I I like it quite a bit um, it actually looks kind of fun I'm just like what the hell with the atabase oh yeah I I've watched uh, all of the well most of what's available. Like I, I watched a majority of the series, including the ending of the first season, so I, it, it helps me appreciate it a lot more. But yeah, it's it's I wouldn't say it's for people who like other because it's from the Dynasty Warriors people. I wouldn't say it's for people that like those games, but it definitely helps if you can have that mindset of doing the same thing over and over again, but you don't care because of how cool it feels. Oh, okay. So yeah, it looks that way. So re- repetition, basically, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, and so, so no other games you've been playing? Um, not getting back new... into WoW. No, I got oh. the new Street Pass games after the Nintendo Direct. Oh. And um, mm. a couple of those are actually really fun. the The stock market game is very novel, and I'm I'm pretty pretty into that. And it's it's ten dollars for the bundle, which I think is a is a pretty all right deal. It's pretty reasonable, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad, especially yeah. if you get pretty, you know, quite a bit, quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you get you get one of the games for free, and you can choose between either the slot car racing game or the stock market game, and then you get the other four for ten bucks. So, oh. you know, the and that's for I your three DS, right? Yeah, I think the neatest one um, is I think me tri- or yeah me trick or something like that. And it relies on the step counters of the people that you uh, that you street pass with. Oh, so whatever their step counter is is how far you progress in that game. Oh, you're like walk more faggots. Yeah, it's it's like it'll make you want to meet up with more people that walk around more. Oh, that's so good. Sure, that's good. it will. But yeah, I haven't. I don't have a 3ds. I got rid of my 2ds. I just I can't get into mobile gaming. I don't know. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's why I only got the Street Pass games because I'm never going to sit down and play a 3DS game. Yeah. But the Street Pass games are are made to be little bite sized experiences that you play for like three minutes and then you're done. Yeah. So, Parallax Abstraction, what games have you been playing? I know you've been posting a lot of content on your YouTube page. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with uh, with the backlog of uh, review codes I've been getting lately. But I did. Uh, I mean, I've been playing a bunch of Deus Ex as well. Um, not too much to say about that because I'm not finished it yet. But I'm still uh, I'm enjoying it uh, very much more and better looking version of the last game. But that's fine by me. Oh yeah. Uh, but I did. I've done videos on uh, Road to Valhalla, which is an interesting. Um, Kind of, it, it's almost like a Marble Madnessy style uh, modern puzzle game. That's uh, that's that's it's pretty fun if if you like that kind of thing. I did the video on Twenty XX, um, which we talked about before, and I did a video on another roguelike uh, title that's only out on PS4 right now, but it's it's been greenlit on Steam. It's going to come there eventually, called Brutal, uh, and it's basically. Um, they took the idea of the really, really old style uh, rogue games, like the ones that were actually based in like ASCII characters back in the DOS era, and they sort of modernized that. It's it has a lot of the same mechanics. It's a proper roguelike, so there's no persistent progression. You know, you're de- you die, you die, uh, and it's extremely difficult. But um, it's real time. It's not turn based like Rogue was, but it's like it's a modern 3D game. But like all sorts of elements of the level and weapon upgrades in that are made of like ASCII character elements. It's really hard to explain if you don't actually see it in motion. Yeah, but, so watch uh, his video at PX Abstraction. Yes, you absolutely should. Uh, but it's it's good. It's a really it's a really good uh, good game actually. It came from a small team in uh, Scotland, I think, and it was. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, but it yeah, they did get a green light on Steam, so it is going to come out there eventually, but I, they haven't said when yet. But uh, yeah, it's on the PS4 right now, and I, I like that. Uh, I like that an awful lot. That's been pretty good. And uh, we had, well, we had our um, quarterly LAN party at work yesterday, and sort of, we played a bunch of things, but the two biggest things were we played a ton of the Battlefield 1 beta. Um, so that game I'd... won't work on my computer. Oh, really? Yeah, it, I turn it on and it just flashes. Like I, I'll see the screen and then it'll go away and it'll just keep flashing. Huh, that's weird. Yeah, no, yep. it's uh, it's been fine for most of us. It's been uh, yeah, it's been quite good. I I actually most people were concerned that they were basically just going to take you know Battlefield Four and sort of put a World War One skin on it, but it's actually impressed me more than I thought it would. It's uh, it actually plays quite a bit different. You know, you don't have a lot of these sort of if you will, modern amenities with things like weapons and technology that you have in something like Battlefield 4. You know, there are a lot of limitations because it is World War One, right. uh, And, you know, it's full of the Battlefield goofiness and, you know, total lack of realism in many ways. But they actually did take the Battlefield games and redo the mechanics to make it work with World War One, which I think actually makes it feel really different and refreshing. So uh, I'm actually looking much more forward to that game now. I think that's going to be pretty good. And uh, yeah, the only the other major thing we played actually was a mod for um, uh, for Half Life Two. It's actually just called GoldenEye Source, and it's <laughs> exactly what you think it is. It's the multiplayer of GoldenEye, all the same maps, the same weapons, the same characters, the same everything, except in sixty frames a second and with uh, 
uh, full on, you know, online and land play with, uh, with more, much more than four people. And, uh, yeah, it's, it plays pretty much exactly the same. It has all the same game modes, everything else. And, uh, yeah, it was dumb and ridiculous and fun. And we had a good time with that and it's a free mod. So, Hey, Oh, good. But That's yeah. pretty awesome. But that was a good time. So, uh, yeah, I did that. And, um, I'm really, looking forward to uh well uh mother russia bleeds comes out tomorrow which is a new uh devolver digital game that's basically this really really violent gory beat-em-up title that's kind of like if you they basically say it's like if you put streets of rage in like cold war era russia oh, fun. Uh, i've been following it for for a long time now it looks friggin' amazing and it comes out tomorrow i'm hoping to to uh to stream it but uh yeah, I've been itching for a good beat 'em up and that one uh looks like it's going to fit the bill. Do you get tomorrow off? Yeah, we okay. do. Good, good. Yeah, but and this apparently comes out tomorrow like it I cuz I figured oh it'll come out on Tuesday which sucks cuz I won't be off, but no it according to Steam it comes out tomorrow. Nice. Uh, which is perfect. So Oh god, yeah. I just remembered like So I my boss was gone Thursday. I took Friday off. And my boss leaves on Tuesday for two weeks. Yeah. So it's just me at my office. He'll be in Canada at the office up there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. In, in Brantford. So if you want to yeah. meet my boss. Uh, yeah. Brantford's away from here, so I don't yeah, know. I figured. I figured. But uh, yeah. he doesn't play video games either. He's weird. So no. I'm a loser. I know. So he uh, he's going to be gone for two weeks. So it's just going to be me in my office. Just nice. I just remembered that. Anyway. So two weeks of kicking back and playing video games at work and getting nothing done at all. Yes, right? pretty much, yeah. That's just basically <laughs> it. Yep. So anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Beam. Now, Beam is a site that we've been talking about a little bit here since we figured found out about it since Microsoft acquired them. And they're a new streaming site, been around since January. And what they do is they're similar to Twitch, but they aim for having as low of latency as possible. Uh, even on the RTMP, which is the standard that a lot of different streaming sites use, they still have, you know, four seconds of delay instead of the 10 seconds that you get on Twitch. But... 20. Yeah, 20, something. <laughs> but, 10 if you're lucky and it's on a light day. Yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest thing about them is that they use their own little... Like, uh, they took OBS and recoded it. And what they did was they implemented their own FTL encoder. Well, good. Uh, is it encoder or decoder? I don't know, fucking know. Encoder. Uh, encoder. Well, it's, okay. it's more, technically of a, more of a protocol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's anyway. Not, it's not the actual video format. It's the yeah. protocol involved. So the good news is, so they sent me an email. So I don't actually have a link to it because they didn't give me a, a link to the notes or whatnot but they go over you know different things that they've come up with in the last couple months like a new uh, video on demand which is pretty cool because instead of just having the video there they also stream in the chat so you get to see what people were saying throughout the chat while you're watching oh, the cool. video uh you get ver they did verified accounts for twitter and facebook and stuff um mm. they did a new video track new view tracking pipeline uh, and it says keeping viewer count accurate in the face of those that wish to maliciously inflate streamers numbers is a hard challenge. We've spent the last several months engineering an awesome view tracking pipeline that mitigates the effects of view botting. Uh, 
So that's nice. Um, they implemented resizable chat, which is easy actually <laughs> to do. So, uh, mm. and they added a two hundred percent. So they tripled the ingest locations. Uh, wow. So basically, and, they've done more in like the last couple of weeks than Twitch has done in years. I think this is the last couple of months, but yeah, still. <laughs> um, so they've added places to uh, Milan, Paris, Brazil, Sydney, Mexico, Hong Kong, Tokyo, uh, and they've doubled the capacity for U.S. and European data centers. Now, what's coming is what really excites me. And I know it's silly and nobody really cares, but they're bringing native FTL to OBS and XSplit within the coming months. Oh, so, so you won't, okay. <clears throat> so you won't need their client anymore to get that super light lag. Yeah. So you could, Ooh. you could use FTL with XSplit and both stream to both Twitch and, uh, uh, beam without worrying about, you know, okay, this is going to have in increase the lag, but you know, I could get more viewers on Twitch. So you can kind of uh, deal with that pretty easily, which is something I'm excited about because I love the zero delay. It's great. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's, that, that would be, that's very interesting to me as well. Cause yeah, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I gave up on streaming to both Twitch and YouTube at the same time, cause it was too much of a process, but I, if, if I could integrate it into one, application i might try it to both of to both twitch and beam that sounds pretty cool right and <clears throat> excuse me something that uh aroa was touching on when i texted him this was that with tachyon which is their obs clone basically they uh they only use uh your uh was x256 they, they, they have to use software encoding uh for, for for ftl currently right i was actually okay. i was looking around on their on their uh their like re, uh, re feature request dashboard thing and yeah. apparently like months ago they were saying that yeah it's in the pipeline we're, we're gonna implement hardware encoding for the ftl protocol but right now we just can't um and it, lo it looked like i think it was sometime maybe halfway through august uh, somebody confirmed that they are actively developing hardware encoding for FTL. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, once that happens, you know, it pretty much like I could see them licensing out that protocol or something. If, yeah. if, uh, if, yeah. if their actual streaming service doesn't, doesn't make it through like, yeah. but then again, with Microsoft buying them, like I could also see it being like a really big deal for the Xbox one. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's nice to see that this company, you know, got their big payday from, uh, you know, a big corporate suitor and is actually doing stuff with that money because Twitch got bought by Amazon and they haven't fixed any of the glaring issues that their services had since they were independent. It really seems like the only thing Twitch did was hire a bunch of, you know, programming directors who don't really seem to do anything, opened a whole bunch of new categories and, uh, held a lot more, you know, conventions and parties, but they didn't really seem to do anything to actually improve their service. But it kind of sounds like Beam is uh, taking a lot of their Microsoft money and is just dumping it into improving their tech, which is great. Right. And so uh, it says not only are we uh, getting FTL in more places, but we're making it even more perf performant too. Uh, native FTL utilizes hardware and code, uh, e.g. NVENC, and oh, yeah. well, so there, there you go. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically CUDA acceleration, which is what I use now with OBS. Yeah. So that'll be awesome to yes uh, have that implemented because that if anyone know doesn't know that's listening, basically it takes the strain off of your processor and puts it onto your graphics card. Uh, yeah. And it's much easier to yeah. stream to both multiple services and to stream more demanding games when your GPU is doing the video as opposed to the CPU. Right. Uh, and one last thing it says in the email, which is uh, not something I super care about, but it is something that Beam is trying to push out there, is that they're interactive. And so they've been working closely with game developers and publishers over the course of the last six months, I'm reading this verbatim, to bring truly interactive broadcasting to life. And we're happy to say that we're taking a big leap in that direction. Beginning in October, you'll start seeing brand new interactive features like team-based games, control sharing, and even a few more surprises. So they're going to have cool. more games that support their interactive features because right now in enabling those interactive features is uh, pretty difficult, actually, to, to get it set up and running from what I could tell. Okay. So um, hopefully they'll make it a little bit easier. There are a few. There's three games they have on there right now that you can be interactive with, but then you can also set up your own, like create your own little control scheme. Um, but that... You have to. It's not like a click and drag interface. It's it's pretty. You gotta kind of know yeah. what you're doing to make that work. Right. So it would be nice if it if they kind of came out with a click and drag, like okay, I can make this work and then let it go. Even if it just came down to tying key bindings to buttons on there. Like... That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one last thing about Beam before we go. Uh, I was able to get, so you have to get enough sparks for a couple different things. And sparks are like their currency on beam. That's uh, like Twitch cheer stuff, I guess, or bits. I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Except right, you get it by watching and like interacting with the community instead of paying money for it. Yeah. And oh. it's, a, and you get that just by streaming too, you get it too as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after I got 2,500 sparks, you're able to unlock transcoding so people can come in and watch your stream in either whatever your source resolution is or 480p, depending on if their internet's not good enough to watch your like 1080 or 720p. So stream. you don't have to be a partner for that. Right. And also... Oh, now I see. Now that really gets my interest. <laughs> mm -hmm. And for 5,000 sparks, you get um, the ability to unlock teams. So I have created a team, and so the Reet Entertainment stream and I or team, and I have invited Oroa to it, uh, but I don't know if he's accepted. I just did actually. Oh, good. So we have uh, the Reet Entertainment stream. So if if you go to Beam, I believe it's Beam.com uh, forward slash Reet Entertainment. Beam .pro forward slash Reet Entertainment. It's and, slash team slash Reet Entertainment. Oh, slash team. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you go there, you'll see that pretty much whoever, I believe if you're playing a game, I'll, it'll pop you up there. And if I believe I, if I'm playing a game, it'll override you and I'll put my game up there. I think that's how it it's, works. It, it looks like you can just kind of swap between the, the people yeah. that are active there that are streaming. Cause I'm like clicking between your name and my name. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, if Aroa is streaming and you go to Reet Entertainment, 
um, you can see, hey, I'm going to watch Reetons. And if we're both streaming at the same time, which could happen, uh, not not that Ro ever streams, but still. Uh, yeah, I streamed on Twitch yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I did. It was, oh. it was Overwatch for like an hour, and then I left. Oh, okay. But yeah, so hmm. I'm really excited about Beam. Um, if One quick question. Sorry, you mentioned the thing about Sparks and being able to get transcoding. Uh, how Now, when you said it was like 2,500 Sparks, what does that equate to in terms of like, like you said you can earn them by streaming. How long would you have to stream to get that much? Like I'm you know, thinking it's quite a bit. but Surprisingly, no. like it says you, you get two Sparks for every minute you stream. Okay. Um, but I I seem to have got twenty five hundred faster than that. You get bonuses, uh, yeah. for doing some things. Probably yeah. streaming consistently or something yeah. Like uh, that. You get um, you get medals and things. Also, for like, what it's an I interesting system. What I did yeah. was uh, you also get two sparks for every minute that you watch somebody else's stream. Okay. So, so it actually isn't that bad if you no. uh if you're if you're just using it on the regular. It actually doesn't sound like it would take that long. That's cool. Well, I may have uh loaded up a 24 music 24 hour music stream and then went to bed. Oh, well, I mean sure, but I mean even, <laughs> I mean I, that grounding <clears throat> when I do too, but even if you didn't do that, it sounds like, you know, it, it especially if you're someone who are who does stream as well as watches it that it wouldn't necessarily take that long like i'm th i thought this would be like something that would take months so that's no that's, i i mean uh, it that's took actually me, pretty that's pretty sweet actually yeah it took me two and a half two weeks maybe to get it cool like it was it wasn't a long thing i think it actually took me like a week and a half or a week or so to get um the 2500 and then it took me like a day to get the 5000 for the to unlock teams so it wasn't Okay. Like you can I may look, get maybe I'll quick. look into setting that up if I do do Mother Russia bleeds tomorrow maybe I will look at setting that up and and streaming to both and just to only having the chat plugged in on my overlay for for Twitch just so that I can experiment with it that sounds cool yeah I may yeah. try this yeah and there is a plugin on XSplit already for Beam so okay and you can do it with OBS just with the regular like custom RTMP right yeah mm -hmm. right okay okay cool. So uh, if you wanted, I I could toss you an invite too. If you do decide to set it up, I'll toss you an invite for the Reet and Entertainment team if you would like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, all right. Okay, and moving on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man, this is going to be a long one. Uh, in case of emergency, release Raptor. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of kicked this story in here uh, at the last minute. Um. So basically what this is, just to give, give people a little rundown, this is a game that came out uh, in early access from a company called Arkan Games, which has made, uh, they've been around, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> Do not approve, apparently. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was actually pretty, I think he released the Raptor himself Because <laughs> that's not even going to show up in the podcast. Aw. Um... It being or I muted my microphone, but apparently it on this it's set to a different microphone. So, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> uh, anyway, go on. I thought I so thought what I was saying yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah, this is a game that came out in early access uh, from a company called Arkin Games, which has been around for a while. They're a well-known indie dev. They've made a 
pile of games and a pile of different genres. And they're they're one of those developers that's very open and transparent with what's going on in their business, which right. I always thought was kind of cool. Um, most of their games have not resonated with me, but they've all had, you know, really good communities around them. And this game is supposed to be kind of a goofy um, first person, third person thing where you're a raptor that's attacking robots and it's supposed to be like procedurally generated and all this other jazz. Basically, they put it out in early access for a third of the price that they were going to sell it for at release, which I thought was cool. But what they put out is something that I did a video on it. And basically, I said that they shouldn't have even charged money for it because it played like a prototype. Uh, right. I remember like that. Even by early access standards, it was barely a game like it's the generation was a mess. The engine was it ran weird. It looked funny. The mechanics were all screwed up. It was basically it was the kind of thing you would release and put out as like like if say you were running a Kickstarter and you said, hey, look, we've got a playable demo to show why you should back this. It's that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and I was like, people shouldn't buy this yet, even though they're releasing it cheaply right now because it's just not a thing. And the devs apparently agreed with, I guess, me and maybe other people who covered it because uh, in a move that was pretty classy, I thought they actually took the game off sale on Steam and actually refunded everyone who paid for it. And they've taken the game in its current state and put it back on Steam for free uh, for everybody. Um, and they basically said, yeah, um, the response to this project as a whole hasn't been that great. So we're going to focus on something else for now. We're going to put this thing out for, for free. And if we do choose to resurrect this project, we'll po probably call it something else. And we'll put it out uh, way further in development. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. They basically admitted their screw up. And this is what Arkin is kind of famous for. But they basically admitted their screw up and they went, yep, this thing wasn't ready. We shouldn't have charged for it. And we're sorry. And here's your money back. And this is a small team that has openly stated that they've almost gone out of business more than once because of games that didn't sell very well. Um, and this is something you don't see successful developers do, let alone ones that are struggling. So I just thought that was pretty cool of them. That is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I would do it. I mean, yeah. if I was in their situation and I was... I mean, they don't have to, that's for right. sure. The way early access works, it's buyer beware, right? Like, they could have very well just left it out there or taken it off sale and just said, uh, uh, you know, we're not selling it anymore, but the those of you who bought it, thanks for your patronage, and, you know, we'll keep working on it. But, I mean, they did this also... <laughs> Not to be cynical about it, but they did it in a little bit of a cover your ass move because they also straight up said in the update uh, where they announced this that we are also putting this project on ice for the time being. So, you know, if they left, if they even if they took it off sale, if they didn't refund everyone's money, it would effectively be one of those early access scams. <laughs> I, right. I also wonder. So they, they did release this on Steam, right? Yeah, the, the early um, access version they did. I wonder if it was also at the same time a, a cover your ass kind of thing in that since Steam has a refund program now, um, they would have lost all that money, at least a lot of it anyway. Yeah. So to turn what would have been a massive profit loss and loss of goodwill into something that at least keeps some of that integrity. Uh, I, wonder I think, yeah, I think that's the case because the fact is there's so little content in that game. Like I sat down to research it because they just sent me a review code for it. And I knew I didn't even know it existed. And I was just like, 
all right, what the hell? I sat down to research it and I'd experienced all the content that was in it in like 15 minutes. So it would have been, you know, dead easy to request a refund with Steam's refund policy and still have had time to spare. So I suspect that was the case is they were probably seeing a large amount of refunds and they went, they, I mean, to be fair, it's probably not costing them very much to give everyone their money back. But like you said, it, it does save face. And uh, I just think it looks good on their part for them to just admit, yeah, this isn't working and uh, we're going to put this on ice for now. So here you go. Rather than a lot of other devs, you know, how many Kickstarter and early access stories are there these days about devs who've just, you know, at some point just went, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore and turned around and walked away and left everybody hanging. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and they said that they're going to focus on um, a sequel. So one of their more popular games was a game called AI War, and they're working on a sequel to that, which they said that's where they're going to put their effort for now. And then maybe once that's done, they'll come back around to this, but they'll do it differently. So I just like, I wish more devs were as transparent and open as these guys are about both their successes and failures. I think the sort of very closed secretive nature of the industry even on the indie side is sort of one of its biggest failings and uh i think it's cool that they chose to to do that oh yeah that's pretty nice yeah definitely a good thing yeah, yeah I'm, something I, you don't hear about often i mean you look at other um dead early access games uh some of which i've played <laughs> and yeah. you know they haven't had updates in over a year but there's nothing coming out from the developers. Even some of the developers, they'll leave their unfinished game, able to purchase that unfinished game, and then not update it for months, and then start a new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. how many times has that happened? That, uh, and and I don't know if I was that developer, if I was in their situation where we were trying to make money and we weren't the biggest company. So we weren't, it's not like we're bleeding money, but it's also not like we're making millions upon millions of dollars every day. Uh, I don't know if I, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I, I think if they taken it off sale, I think Arkin has enough of an established fan base that if they had just taken it off sale and not, refunded people i don't think they would have taken that much stick for it and i think they would have come out of it just fine i maybe Uh, maybe if if i was them i'm sorry i'm interrupting you but if i was them i i would probably take it off say hey this isn't the game that we wanted it to be uh and then not give refunds to everyone but say we'll allow anyone that wants to to get refunds that way we could t- keep at least some of the money. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe exactly. I'm weird. Maybe I'm just money hungry or something. But I mean, there's a number of different ways they could have done it. Right. And, and uh, you know, and, and that's the thing I would even if they had not uh, taken it, uh, uh, even if they had not refunded people, I personally wouldn't have considered these guys to be uh, to be greedy simply because they have a history and, you know, they, they have a history of doing well by their player base. But, uh, you know, I thought it was cool with this. And I mean, we, we talked a little bit the last time and we've talked at length before about all the friggin', uh, you know, all this craziness that's going on with no man's sky. And, you know, from a communication standpoint, they've been that, that game and that developer since that came out is just, that's been a hot mess. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, and these guys obviously don't have as much to lose by offering, 
you know, a ton of refunds as Hello Games does. But, you know, nonetheless, it's uh, this is a team for whom that probably stings a lot more. And yeah, they still were just like, nope, that's fine. Here you go. And, I think uh, if Hello Games did that, they would go under. They'd be done. <laughs> yeah, they'd be done. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope they, like I said, most of the stuff Arkin has made has not jived with me. But uh, you can tell this is a developer that really cares and that they don't have a huge ego on them and that they really actually, you know, care about their audience and, and making their audience happy, which is, uh, which is really cool. So I, I hope this does work off because the, the idea of the game was cool. It was just, it wasn't ready yet, but you know, that game could still be neat. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. let's move on. We've already taken up 43 minutes. Sweet mother of God. Okay. Pokemon. Let's talk about Pokemon go. They added a new feature. Yay. It's a buddy system, which is, okay basically it's a la uh pokemon yellow where you could have a pokemon follow you sadly not in real life and uh basically you get to choose one pokemon to be your best friend and you as you walk around you will earn candy for that pokemon so uh like if you have a snorlax or a Gyarados, well, not not a Gyarados because you can get that from Magikarp. But uh, if you if you have like a, a r- rare Pokemon like Snorlax or Magmar, or whatever, uh, as you walk around, you can get candies to level that Pokemon up. Uh, that would help out quite a bit for you know those rarer Pokemons that are really hard to find, such as Pikachu. Well, not Pikachu, but um, uh, you know the the three starters: Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. You mean Squirtle. not Pikachu? Is Pikachu common for you? Yeah. Oh, well, fuck off. <laughs> Pikachu's pretty common. I have quite a few Pikachus, yeah. Oh, that's fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> I've yet to see a Charmander or a Squirtle or Bulbasaur, but, you There's know. fucking Bulbasaur all over the place over here, but I can't get a damn Charmander or a Pikachu. <laughs> well, come visit Oregon. Yeah, I'll be right over. Okay, good. Yeah, and then we're going to fly up and hang out with uh, Parallax Abstraction at the land party, right? Yeah, fly all the way back across the country and then up a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds oh, good. Anyway. I still haven't played Pokemon Go. I have zero investment in this. <laughs> Apparently, Aroa, like, it's funny because Aroa doesn't like Pokemon. I don't. Mm-hmm. But yet, he plays it with his girlfriend. I, I like Pokemon Go. I, I genuinely and enjoy the idea behind it it's not it's not the greatest thing yeah but uh i would i would dare say that it's probably like the most significant thing to happen to the pokemon franchise since like wireless trading back with the game boy advance yeah uh and my big thing is that what the sun and moon release in a couple months and Pokemon Go, it's going to start going... I mean, it's already going down a little bit with popularity. Yeah. But oh, quite a bit, just a, at least. Just right a little. Here. Just a little bit. They, but, they lost they lost 15 million daily players, um, leaving them with, with a paltry 30 million daily players. <laughs> paltry. Oh, well, it's hardly it's, worth it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, they, I mean, 30 million daily players, still pretty good. Think about how big Pokemon is right now and how much that new Sun and Moon game is going to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, it's just going to 
sell gangbusters. Certainly going to help. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on because we are taking forever. Nintendo is cracking down on fan-made games from Game Jolt. Yeah. Uh, so can you get into this? You're the one that talked about this Aurora. Yeah, I I've only read the uh, the headline. I read it and then I remembered that it existed. So I think I've read but, more about this. Um, but but it basically uh, Game Jolt is a site where uh, little kids and sometimes you know actually decent indie devs they put up their games. And it's just a it's just a free game hosting site, basically. Yeah. And uh, Nintendo has always had a rocky history with uh, <laughs> DMCA notices on various things. Whether Pokemon it be Uranium YouTube, YouTube channels, Pokemon it's Uranium, like Metroid Two remake. God damn it! Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is yet another another brick in that. Uh, looks like they've they've sent DMCA takedown notices for 562 product projects infringing Good on its rights God. to Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda and the Pokemon franchises. Uh and as well actually at the bottom it says based on franchise like Metroid, Donkey Kong, Earthbound and Yoshi. Oh Yoshi. wait. <sighs> no. Oh, the site still hosted numerous yeah, projects. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I I was reading that wrong. Yeah, you're right. Um they only took those three games, but the games that I just mentioned, Metroid, Donkey Kong, Earthbound, and Yoshi, are still up. Yeah. So, mm. um, in Nintendo's defense, they were making money off that. Yeah, they, they were technically making money off of this. The de developers weren't, but Game Jolt was. Oh. Okay. Um, I thought the developers what, could. Just ads or. Well, yeah, it's it's because of advertising is what it is. Okay. Um, so I mean, yeah, it was technically illegal, but at the same time, really, guys, is it really worth it? What yes. harm is being done to your corporate interests with this, really? Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna think that this shitty uh, yet another Mario side scroller ripoff game it, it has anything to do with your actual mario franchise i don't think that anyone's gonna think mario 7 on that was made in game maker light is an actual entry in the mario series so, so no. why... i think part of it is with copyright law you um, yeah and you, and you you are legally required to yeah. Enforce. No, that's with trademark law. But, but yeah, oh, that's okay. The, uh, I think yeah, there yeah. there actually is a difference. But you have to legally enforce trademarks. You don't necessarily have to legally enforce copyright. You can. Oh, okay. But but yeah, with trademarks, if you don't enforce them, you can lose them. But right. yeah, so that's but that's the... why. But 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 I I would know that to be a fact just for the fact that it's basically only Nintendo that's doing this, right? Like Sega's not doing it. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know, Capcom. Well, Konami probably would if they cared about video games anymore. But Sega <laughs> did it for a while, actually, with uh, Shining Force Two. Well, they didn't do that. There's they a long story that behind recently. that, but they did. They actually did that. It was their PR people who did that because they were trying to boost search engine ranking for a new uh, Shining Force title. So they were trying to take down anything that ranked higher in YouTube than their video did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
it wow. was yeah it was it, it wasn't because of actual infringement they were just abusing the system oh but, but awesome. that but yeah it's i i don't know i like between this and the way nintendo handles youtubers i don't i don't know who at nintendo is the one making the decision to make these policies and why they there is no one at nintendo higher up than them willing to say no one else is doing this why are we but god damn it that makes me friggin' angry what they're it's they're another doing. thing i'm sure that it's nintendo of america in particular that's doing this and it, it's i think so mm. and the reason that i think so is because it's also nintendo of america that has all of these aggressive policies towards what people that make Nintendo games can even put in the games. It's Nintendo of America that decides to strip out entire parts of games, cough, cough, fire emblem, uh, Mm. because they don't think it will work with American audiences. It's Nintendo of America that chooses to have this child friendly, uh, kind of, kind of, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Yeah. 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 Face going on. Uh, both on on social media and on YouTube and everything else, uh, Nintendo of Japan, like just going off of of the content that they put in their games that then gets stripped out in America, kind of looks to me to be more of a, a not necessarily mature company, but but one that understands that they don't have to appeal only to the lowest common denominator. They don't have to. The, and maybe it's just a difference in culture like Nintendo of America seems to believe. But I think it, that more than anything, it hurts their appearance to people like like you or I that, that makes them look like a, a disconnected, uncaring company that is really only about putting out whatever their Japanese counterpart says is good and censors it in the process in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes I mean, a lot of sense. Might be the case. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you watch Nintendo Treehouse, and it puts me in the mind of like uh, Family Guy. Hello. Uh oh. Uh oh, Ro died. I don't know what he was talking about. Family Guy. It's, without any any. Hey, Aroa, you there went you away go. for a bit. You cut out for like fifteen seconds. Oh, that was weird. You're talking uh, about Family it, Guy with that uh, stupid YouTube ge- thing that they did? Uh, well, no. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. N- Nintendo has their treehouse thing that they yeah, do, right? And it reminds me of of those old like public access talk shows where where it's like, "Welcome to the 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 joke at Family Guy was welcome to Battlestar Galactica forum. We've got a caller, and it's like you're a stupid shit." And like that's that was the caller, but it puts me in the mind of that where it's this low budget, really shitty, stupid, ballsless waste of everyone's time that, that no one cares about, but yet they still keep doing it because they don't. They they simultaneously they sell games pretty well, but yet they don't seem to really understand who their audience is. It's a it's a weird counterpart to you brought up that Sega's not doing any of this. Sega does definitely understand who their audience is because you look mm. at any of the Sonic the Hedgehog social networking pages and they're <laughs> That's ridiculous. Very true. That's a very <laughs> good point. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they at least 
try to connect with their fans because they know that the fans are what keeps them alive. Nintendo seems to just rely on the power of their franchises and completely ignore what people actually care about with their games. And that's why you have so many people that got mad about the fucking Fire Emblem shit and, Mm -hmm. like, ended up costing that, well, you know, possibly costing that chick her job in the process of all that, but probably not. It was probably unrelated. But it's... And they don't understand that these kind of fan games are what, you know, create your fan base. They make people keep caring about your shit. Shutting down a nine-year developed Pokemon fan game is is insane whenever you consider that, even as it says in this article, it was downloaded one and a half million times in, in the course of less than a week. And this is a fan like, game. How many people have downloaded that or another Metroid 2 remake who, because they have those, are suddenly not going to buy the next Metroid or Pokemon games that come out from Nintendo. I'm going to guess it's a very small number that amounts to, like, a rounding error on Nintendo's balance sheet. Yeah. You know? but, like, and that, and, and if anything, how... those games are going to sell more of the, of the mainline ones because they're going to get people interested because they can try those mechanics out for nothing. Yeah. And, like, that's that's kind of what, what, I, what I feel like is that, all you're doing is hurting yourself in the process of doing this. It's not going to make that big of a difference now, but it's it's enough, I feel like. And if you keep doing this, you keep shitting on your fans, eventually they're going to get sick of it. Well, yep. yeah, I I would get sick of it if Nintendo literally came over to my house and shat on me. <laughs> I, would, I would be a little offended. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they kind of did that. I do have a Wii, so... Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, that's pretty pretty shitty because yeah. um, oh, I, it sh- and it should also be interested if you just want to get even more angry about them doing this kind of crap. So the another Metroid Two remake that came out, which I thankfully did get a copy on and still plan to cover on my channel because fuck you, Nintendo. Um, they there was announced recently. I forget where I saw it. It was on Reddit somewhere. I'm sure, but um, they not only DMCA the game that the guy was hosting on his website so that you couldn't download it. Um, they DMCA'd some of the other places it was being mirrored at. But beyond that now, they actually, and I don't even know how you can do this, they apparently DMCA'd the guy's email address. Like, they didn't take it down, but they got some kind of order. He mentioned it was something to do with his email address, but that basically he, he uh, um, it's either got a legal, like, restriction on it now or something like that where he cannot he cannot promote or post anything related to this thing from from like his email address or he violates copyright i can't remember what it is but like they went that far they actually like went after the guy's email account to make sure he couldn't put out updates to this thing anymore oh wow what the fuck i you'd have to look it up but i just remember reading that and i was just like like i said whoever at nintendo is making these decisions needs to at the very least, Stop. not have that power anymore, <laughs> oh. or at better, just not be there anymore because you don't get the way video games work anymore. Did he? Did he like use a mailing list or something? Like I'm not a, sure. I, I like just a... remember. Uh, it, yeah, it was something about. Uh, well, DMCA it, email. If he was like, if he was like Mailchimp or something, I could see them like DMCAing Mailchimp and being like, "This guy is just blatantly abusing our copyright." Uh, yeah, he said it was. He said it was. Uh, 
Um, yeah, he said it was something about um, his. He, he mentioned it along the lines of his his email address, but uh, I might have. I mean, if I did see that on Reddit, you know, it may have been overblown or something like that. It's entirely possible. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Um, yeah, I can't find it. But anyway, yeah, they they basically they basically went out of their way because they they basically said the guy was helping facilitate it getting mirrored on other download sites, um, and so they I think they went after him to help him stop doing that. But he basically came out and had to say, "Yep, they won. I won't be updating this or talking about it anymore." Sorry. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Which is oh. just, ugh. but yeah. Thankfully, I got a copy of it, and uh, yeah, I ain't, I ain't getting rid of it for nobody. <laughs> yeah, I got a copy of uh, Pokemon Uranium, so. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, need so to do some more the of that. Fact, and you've been covering that on your channel, so, because Nintendo go, aggressively goes after people, as as we know, who put stuff on YouTube of, of their games. Have they actually attempted to claim your videos or anything, or have they Not left yet, you no. So far? Not yet. <laughs> I'm sure one Interesting. time. I'm curious if I put something up of this game if they're gonna if I'm gonna get a claim notice or not. Right. I don't know. Possibly. I, I might get a claim notice on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> I, I don't think they would do that. I don't think they would go that far, but ugh. um Yeah, yeah I, I I haven't got many views on that, so maybe that's why too. But I wonder if it's like the, the YouTube uh the YouTube uh, rankings or whatever well no the 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 advertising removal thing that's been going around this week nope i'm still i still have money on it i checked oh, that's that's what i'm saying i wonder if it's yeah because like what nintendo or... will do is they won't take the videos down they'll claim them which means that they'll get your ad revenue right i haven't no, got like that i haven't got like that either because yeah. i have a bunch of videos that blatantly break all the rules that they talked about Right, but I still obviously have advertising on them, so I wonder if it's just a matter of the system doesn't give a shit about you right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's going after the bigger. It's going after the bigger stuff first. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, my uh, my Final Fantasy Eleven review is now at over five thousand views. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I I was like, what the fuck, and it keeps going up. I'm like. It's not even that good of a review, but whatever. The most popular video on my YouTube channel by a factor of literally hundreds is a video I did, I think it was two years ago now, on or even longer, on Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection for the 360, which had already been out for years at that point. And uh-huh. it's a video on the collection itself, none of the games in it, and it 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 blows away everything else on my channel and continues to. I cannot tell you why. I uh, I can because Sonic fans. Well, I, I'm wondering if I should do a retro flashback at some point on the first Sonic the Hedgehog just to see what happens. I uh, <laughs> I used to have a video on my channel before I cleaned it up um, mm-hmm. that had over three hundred thousand views. It was. A Minesweeper cheat tutorial. <laughs> See that I can believe because Minesweeper and Sol- Windows Solitaire are like the two most popular games that have ever existed. So it it, it stopped. Oh. It wasn't a thing even in Vista. Like it only no. worked on Windows XP. The, oh the wow! Cheat. So like it, but it still got like hundreds of views every few days. Was that uh, monetized? No, it was before it was before I could do monetization because like 
that would have been amazing. And it would have been thinking yeah. about it now. Like I wish I hadn't ever removed those old shitty videos because it would have inflated my view count by like, well, hundreds of thousands. Um, and I also had uh, a God awful um, thing where I took the original Charlie, the unicorn. Uh, you remember that old Mimi? Yeah. Um, and I, I did the voices over it but i did it all in like one big take and this was also in 2007 so i was retarded um that not had, much has changed Aroa. Eh, but that had well over 150,000 views until something fucking weird happened and the video was still on my page but it was gone like you if you tried to watch it it would say an error has occurred every single time and uh whenever YouTube eventually let you download MP4s of your videos, it couldn't do that with that one. So I just lost it forever. And you don't, you have it on, um, don't have it on your computer or backed up. No, I don't have a backup of it at all. Cause I used to delete my videos after I uploaded them. Cause I was stupid and like 14. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Weird, man. <laughs> let's move on to some more federal laws. Yay. Yay. Laws. This is, what people listen to the podcast for. So AT&T, um, they're douchebags. I don't know if you guys know that. I've uh, heard a few things, yeah. Yeah. So the FCC or FTC, whatever, came out with last year the, was it last year, the net neutrality stuff where um, they were basically saying, hey, you don't be douchebags. And when you say you're throttling or when you're throttling someone, you have to tell them that you're going to throttle them. You can't just say, oh, you have unlimited Internet. But and, not really. Yeah. And so after you use so much Internet, they'll throttle your speeds to about dial up speed on your phone. Uh, AT&T will do this. I know that um, Straight Talk does it and a lot of those little companies do it. So it's pretty much the, the standard at this point. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't get throttled on mine. And you don't get throttled on yours, Aurora. Uh, well, no, they just they just charge more. Yep, and yeah, I mean, and that they at least tell you that too. They tell you, yeah. you know, if you go over, yeah. you're gonna be charged. Yeah, it's, that's what happens. Timo T-Mobile tells you that yep, you're gonna go down to 128 kilobit kilobit per second once you hit your cap, unless you pay more. Uh, well, Verizon's even implementing that soon, like. Yeah, everyone's doing that, but AT and T's just like, "Night, got unlimited data." Yeah, and so, um, they took FT the FTC took or FCC whatever took. There's too many fucking acronyms. Took AT and T to court, and basically said, "Hey, you guys need to actually obey the rules and laws that we have set out in in front of you." Um, and much like obey Hillary Clinton, who thought that's something you'd have to sue for? Yeah, much like Hillary Clinton. AT&T refused <laughs> to do that and got away with it scot-free because the, the court politics podcast <laughs> the court has dismissed uh the basically the ruling here so they basically instead of saying they're not guilty they just threw out the case uh with basically to me acknowledges that they were guilty and <laughs> they did do something wrong but the court doesn't give a shit and that's what we have to live with. So if you're on AT&T, I urge you to switch. Verizon has uh, great coverage. And 
Yeah, they're uh, just stupid expensive and yeah, also anti-consumer. Super, super expensive. They have great coverage, though. T-Mobile has shitty coverage some places, but it's uh, really consumer-friendly, Like to be fair. Yeah. T-Mobile, out of all the major companies, I would say is the best combination of decent coverage. With, right. Uh, with, you know what you should do, in all honesty? Just get Google Fi. Uh, but you have to qualify for that. You don't have to have a Google at least for a long time you had a nexus phone right you you can get either of the nexus phones or you can use an iphone oh okay so uh, i mean what what other phone do you want or or you can get consumer cellular you could but then and, you'd be giving money to at&t and uh, that's true uh <laughs> that is true or t-mobile depending on where you're at yeah but, but, if, it, but if you put if you put say you know nathan spruth as your reference, <laughs> then he gets ten dollars off his cell phone bill. So, I mean, come on, do that. Uh, no, but seriously, AT and T is awful. They charge. I mean, in my experience, they charge just as much, if not more, than Verizon. I would actually, I, I would say, uh, to be fair to Verizon, the nice thing about them is that they always have like one or two exclusive phones from a couple manufacturers, particularly their Droid line. That's true. Uh, the newest uh, Droid Z thing, the the Droid whatever Turbo Maximum Triple X edition, uh, with like the, the shatterproof screen and all that. Right. It's a fantastic phone, and good God, I would get it if it didn't mean going to Verizon. So. Right. So um, I used to work at Consumer Cellular. How did we place. get here? Uh, FTC. FTC. Yeah. Uh, so so it is. We're still on the the cell phone thing. So I used to work at Consumer Cellular. And uh, I have to say that even though I would never use Verizon because of how expensive they are, I whenever I would call any other cell phone company to work out a porting situation or something like that, uh, Verizon was the, always the most pleasant people to work with. Like mm-hmm. their their customer service, at least what I experienced, was top notch. So. That's that's my review of uh, Verizon, and uh, <laughs> decent customer service when doing number porting. Yeah, wait, <laughs> hey, that's better than fucking calling AT and T and trying to port one of their landlines, and you can theoretically do it, but dear God, actually getting a hold of somebody who could help you out impossible because you'd call up one number. And the person on the phone would say, oh, no, here's a number you have to call. And they'll trans- and so they transfer you over to that other number and you wait 10 minutes to get a hold of somebody. And then you talk to that person. And they're like, oh, no, you have to go talk to this other person and they'll transfer you over there. And seriously, I got transferred five or six times, couldn't find anyone and just gave up. So AT&T is ridiculously terrible about actually getting stuff done. So, I hate AT and T. I don't know if you could tell that, but I don't think I know a single person. Like I don't live in the states, but I don't think I know a single person who has ever had a complimentary thing to say about AT and T. Nope, they rip you off um, on both cell phones and internet. Uh, they, I, I think they do TV as well with Dish or something. It's uh, through Direct TV, at yeah. least in this area. And, and yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, so they're all. They, they're terrible. Just don't go with AT&T. They charge they, they too charge, much. 
they charge the same price for six megabit down uh, as I pay for one hundred megabit down through Charter. Right. They're they're awful. Does. So let's move on because we've already gone on for an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, Net- for fuck's sake! Netflix is coming out with a new Bill Nye show. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Bill Nye, it says the new series is a talk show called Bill Nye Saves the World, uh, where the early episodes will focus on the complex scientific issues facing us today, including episodes on vaccinations, GMOs, and climate change. So Interesting. So he's he's diving into all of the hot-button topics. Well, Netflix offered him money, and I think that they know that how many fucking millennials have Netflix. Well... So, yeah. I mean, if you put Bill Nye's name, I mean, I, I like Bill Nye. I think he's cool. But also, yeah, you put his name on something that's going on the Internet and it will probably get watched a lot. Yeah. So and who here didn't grow up with Bill Nye? Uh, besides you, Parallax, because you're old. Uh- <laughs> well, technically, I grew up with Mr. Wizard, who was uh, the guy who, who sort of preceded Bill Nye. But I think Bill Nye was I, I, I think Bill Nye's cooler. I would have rather have grown yeah. up with him. Does anybody know who what Beekman's world was? See, anybody I was about to that? say I much preferred Beekman's world. So to, funny, uh, Bill Nye. funny coincidence. In high school, my science teacher, his name was Mr. Beekman. <laughs> so i thought that That's was pretty great. awesome <laughs> yeah so um and there should have been a sign called beekman's world just on the door to his classroom yeah my um, uh he once called me an amazing underachiever <laughs> and i was like yeah. yeah that's a fair that's fair yeah so but anyway bill nye is really cool uh i tried watching beekman's world and bill nye bef- the science guy before like after i had grown up and God, those are awful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But they help kids learn science, so that's good. And I will probably watch this talk show with Bill Nye. I'll give it a shot, but I'm I'll look at it. I'm not a fan of the whole high-profile scientist guy kind of thing, uh, yeah. like with Neil deGrasse Tyson, because people yeah. just go, "He is scientist. He know all things." When it, yeah. you know, like I, I agree with that. People. Tend. It's weird that like when it comes to those guys, people get caught up in the can do no wrong celebrity hype. But because it's a scientist, they also equate, you know, their celebrity hype with, well, they also must be super smart because they have scientists in their title. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like like Neil deGrasse Tyson is a physicist. And yeah. I, I got in a in a quite a big argument with random people on Facebook because that's that's who I am. Um, I do that too. Don't worry <laughs> about how he was. He was basically making a statement on like politics and and sociology, and talking about saying that you know here's a perfect government. We just make all decisions based on evidence. It's like, and everyone was like, "Yes, that is smart." Because I I don't know, he's smart because you scientist. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Yeah, it's not totally dumbing down all of the many nuances in geopolitical science and and everything into one fucking statement by a guy who's probably never studied any of that in his entire life. Right. You know, like he took high school civics and that's all of his political knowledge. Yeah, that's that's great. 
Yeah, that's the thing. The fact that somebody is smart at one thing does not necessarily mean they know squat about another, you know. Exactly. I, I have a very few I have a very narrow focus of things I know a lot about, but I know fuck all about almost anything else. And yeah, unfortunately with celebrity I mean, really it's the same problem you have with celebrities in general though, right? I mean, how many Hollywood celebrities who aren't even scientists, they're just actors come out making, you know, wild political activist statements and that that people just take as read because, you know, this popular person said it as if popularity equals qualification and anything, you know, it's, it, I guess it's kind of the same thing. It just, when it's a scientist, who's also the celebrity, it does seem to get amped up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, like and how it, many it, times, a, um, sorry. Uh, that's, that is a thing in advertising. Um, we actually, for some reason studied that in my high school, like, like junior year English, we studied uh, ideas that go into, into ad campaigns and appealing to to celebrity status uh, is like a huge deal, and so like people for some reason will just go, "You are popular, and therefore must have significant opinions that matter." Yeah, your opinions mean more than mine. Yeah, or your opinions mean more than this other person who is correct. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I don't know how we got there. <laughs> So we do I'm, that. Going, I'm going to move to talk about Google. Speaking of Google Fi, uh, Project Aura was canceled. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised by that. Which I knew that Aroa was was really looking forward to it. I was somewhat <laughs> looking forward to it. What Project Aura was was supposed to be basically modular cell phones where you could take Say you don't really care about the camera, you can have a shitty camera, but an awesome processor and awesome graphics to play games. Or if you wanted a really big battery, um, but with a shitty display, so it'll last a long time, you could do that as well. And you could just yeah. it was basically a build people. your own cell phone kind of idea, uh, and, or turning smartphones into you know into like custom PCs kind of thing. Right. I'm not too surprised on this. We haven't heard much about the project Aura in a long time. They never so, really said that much about it after announcing it existed, really. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I it sounded really cool, but even when they first talked about it, I was like, I had, I appreciate the effort, but I don't think smartphones are at a point where you can make them, you know, that level of modular like you can with PCs. The standardization just isn't there yet. Right. But, but I don't think I don't think that was the problem. The mm -hmm. the thing the thing like the, the most common thing that I'm seeing is that well it was it was major cell phone manufacturers basically no. pressuring Google and saying that uh, too. no but I, I personally don't think that that's that's what it is I think it's a matter of this was going to be a niche product no matter what way you look at it because oh, yeah. there are far too many people who buy the Galaxy S whatever and the iPhone and yeah. maybe like the LG whatever and that's it. They, they just want a phone that works. And, and truth be told, that's the same reality of the PC market too, right? Like people like us build our own custom gaming PCs, but 95 plus percent of the PC market just wants to walk into a store and walk out with something that's assembled and that they turn on. Exactly. So you know? whenever you're, you're taking a market that is already struggling to be profitable because, uh, a lot of people don't don't know this, but the last that I read, uh, the only smartphone manufacturer that sells 
uh, Android phones in the United States that is profitable is Samsung. Yeah. All of, yeah. all of the others are actually operating either barely breaking even or are operating at a loss. HTC uh, is Samsung owns money. like I think in at least in North America Samsung owns like something like 80% of the high end or more than that even of the high end Android smartphone market and then there's like 10 other companies vying for what's left. Yeah, it, obviously Apple was hugely profitable in that area. But yeah, yeah it, but they're they're, they're literally their down. own thing. They control everything. You know, if yeah. you want an iPhone, you get an iPhone. If you want an Android, you actually have a lot of options. But Samsung so completely dominated that space early that, yeah, everyone else is kind of vying over that remaining 10 percent. It's kind of different in in uh, Asia and uh, some developing countries. But the problem with a lot of other manufacturers there, but the problem with those is in those regions, they're not buying $800 high-end phones. They're buying $100 crappy low-end phones that just do the basics. And there's no money in those either. Exactly. Um, So with, with this already being a niche product and smartphones being barely profitable, there was no fis- financial reason for Google to do this. There was there was no way unless they sold the base unit for like eight hundred dollars, and then every piece was going to be another fifty to hundred bucks, which would make nobody buy it. And mm. unless only they the most that, hardcore enthusiasts who were invested in the idea would do that. Aroa would buy it. Them. Aroa <laughs> would buy it. Even even I would be hard pressed to to justify that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah, that's that's what I think killed this was that they couldn't figure out a way to make it what it was supposed to be without losing an ass load of money and it not having any real purpose because Google has Google has for the past few years been very adamant about how they they only want things that are actually going to come to market and and make them something whether it be you know more data for them to use for ad revenue or or whether it be an actual product that makes them money like they want that and this well, was just going to be a big money pit well i mean if you look at the post that you posted in big red letters there in the center it says project r approved too ambitious <laughs> and costly to make modular phones a reality well there you go <laughs> yeah. i um, really do hope they can figure out a way to make the whole modular phone thing like kind of like custom pcs work one day because i'd 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 love that to be a reality and you know be android awesome, being yeah. an open system it could definitely be possible but uh i hope it happens someday but yeah i just i don't think it that market's there yet well the, another the... Mm. <laughs> at the bottom of this uh <laughs> it does say that the moto z and a couple other ones i know that uh there are a couple other phones that have similar things but LB, they have uh, uh mo- 5, yeah yeah the modular back plates so you can buy like an additional battery pack and pop it on the back to increase battery life a projector and then they also have a speaker um and so i think that's kind of the way that they're aiming for at least right now uh, where you can just buy additional add-ons to pop on the back, make it a little bit thicker, but you get you know twice the battery life, or you get a projector on it, or something. So, or I know LG has like a camera thing that you pop onto it, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, there, I would like that a as well. Market for this. There, there's yeah. a market out there for this, but it's a matter of being able to do it in such a way that's not going to waste an ass load of money. Um, well, well, and as you brought up earlier, like 
a lot of the cell phone companies and other, you know, cell phone makers were getting mad at Google for doing this. I don't think they actually were. I mean, oh, they, okay. they might have been in secret, but they didn't. Nobody actually came out with any kind of evidence like, to thing it. That, yeah, anything that said that Samsung yells at Google for trying to cut in on their business because, I mean, no. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just tinfoil hattery. I, I, I will say that there is a similar project coming to market soon. Uh, I think this is called the Blocks Watch. Right. Uh, it's a smartwatch that runs on Android that has basically the links in the wristband are all individual components that just kind of snap together to make hmm. whatever kind of smartwatch you want. And you can add GPS, you can add a SIM card, uh, and you can add uh, like a heart rate sensor and uh, all that. So I, like, there's there's hope, but... I guess this was never meant to be. And honestly, the way that, that the Aura thing was going, um, it was actually going to have a, it was, was going to be a static uh, SOC was going to be on, on the board. So it was, it was just going to have a Snapdragon processor with some amount of RAM and the GPU, all that was just going to be on the main unit uh, along with the screen. And then, the only things you're really going to be able to replace were going to be the speaker, the camera, uh, adding on extra battery pieces. They had like a kickstand. Um, and that was pretty much it. So it wouldn't have really been all that worth it in the first place because the the idea behind the original phone blocks project, which is what this was, this was kind of made from. The idea was that you'd be able to replace everything, the, the processor, the GPU, uh, and the screen, but I, I guess that was that was way too complicated. Which it, I mean, it would have been because, like, the only way you could have done that would have been using some kind of like PCI Express bus that ran through this board that was basically dead without any other components on it. Right. So, did you know that Firefox is coming out with multi-process? <laughs> Speaking of technology stuff. We've gone in for way too long this week. <laughs> um, let's go and well, let's move on. What do you from mean the, I talk too much? No, I'm saying that that's you and Parallax, you and Parallax talk too much. Well, that's fine. It makes for a longer podcast. Uh, Firefox, great uh, browser for the most part, but there's one glaring flaw. What is that flaw, Roa? Uh, it crashes too much. Why does it crash too much? Because every tab runs in one giant process, and if one of them breaks, they all go. Now, Chrome doesn't have that problem, right? Nope. Now, why doesn't Chrome have that problem? Because Chrome was smart from the beginning and split every tab and extension up into separate processes. Okay, but they doesn't all that take up... gigs of RAM each, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, doesn't that take up a ton of RAM? It does take up slightly more RAM, but we're not living in 2001 anymore. This yeah. is true, yeah. So what we're getting at is uh, multi-process Firefox is coming. It adds 400 to 700% improvement in responsiveness. That's a lot of responsiveness. Yeah, uh, and so it makes it faster. It's going to make it so that if one page decides to die, that page dies. It's not going to be the whole browser dies. And you I mean, even IE does that at this point. I'm kind of really surprised. I was surprised to hear that Firefox didn't still. 
Yep, it, this was all coming from the electrolysis project that I think was added to the Firefox tracker in like 2011 or 2012 or something like that. And they're wow. they're just now finally having it come to fruition. Wow. I and mean, better late than never, I suppose. <laughs> so they say they have a little roadmap here. Uh, it says Firefox 49 enabling uh, for a set of add-ons that work well with multiprocessing. Uh, 50 and 51 sandboxing and enabling for more add-ons. And then 52 and 53, or or 53, sorry, multiple content processes. Uh, so they are working on it ever so slowly. Uh, and it says, we can learn from the competition. The way they implemented multi-process is RAM intensive, so it can get out of hand. Uh, we are learning from them and building an architecture that doesn't eat all your RAM. So that's a pretty good jab at Chrome right there. Uh, because obviously Chrome uses a lot more RAM than uh, Firefox or... Which is funny because that used to be Firefox's problem at one at one point in time. And Chrome used to be the thinner browser and the table. I One of the reasons I switched to Chrome many years ago was because Firefox was such a pig. And now that's kind of flipped. <laughs> I actually, this the main amazing. reason I liked how responsive Chrome was and still is, um, I also liked the how clean Chrome was compared to Firefox. And yeah, Firefox has made some big strides in that that realm. I will say they're they the browsers now both look pretty similar in many ways. Oh, whatever. But, I still yeah. use Opera, Opera, and Internet. Well, Opera is Chrome. So. Well, it oh, is, is now. It? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it is now, yeah. It oh, used okay. to be their own thing, but now it runs Chromium underneath. Oh, oh okay. Well, I yeah. don't actually... Well, I mean, it's good. I'm glad to see Firefox is doing this anyway. I mean, I yeah, it's nice. You know, even though browsers are kind of a weird thing where they, they don't inherently make, you know, aren't they aren't inherently for-profit business things on their own, it's still good to see competition, you know, making everybody improve. Yeah, but... So you can kind of feed your own little features in there. So like Chrome yeah. just released their own um, thing where basically with every Chrome browser you have, uh, you don't have to download an extension for um, Chromecast. It's automatically installed on all Chrome browsers now. They yeah. also took away, I almost switched. I almost switched from Chrome to Firefox because the backspace button does not make you go back anymore. Are you, are you I can't tell if you're joking or not. Wait, you you actually prefer you like that? I did. Huh. Really? Yeah. So that well, person does exist. Yeah, they they did say that there was like a 0.1% or something of their users that actually did that. <laughs> Yeah, the time I ever use that to go back is when I do it by accident. I'm like, fuck, why does it do that? Yeah. See, <laughs> see, I'll be I'll be looking up something. Like I'll click on a page and then I'll be like scrolling and reading and using my keyboard. And then I'll press backspace to go back to the previous page so I can look through other articles or or if I accidentally skip into somewhere and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here, and I'll press the backspace button. Do you like you have your left hand like sitting on your keyboard at all times? I'm left-handed. Oh, yeah, you are. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just use the side button on my mouse to go back. But yeah, yeah, I, can yeah. See that. I can see that working. Yeah, I do that too. I'm um, sure someone's already written a Chrome extension that adds that back in anyway. Google yeah. did. 
Oh, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. If Google. you still if you still really want it, here you go. Yeah. So uh, somebody was like, "Why don't you just make it into the settings where you can just have like a little toggle, like a radial switch?" And they're yeah. like, "Oh, we just made an extension for it." <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Sure. I mean, whatever. Sure, why not? <laughs> I haven't actually got. I haven't actually downloaded it or anything. It's not that big of a deal. But every once in a while, I'll be pressing the backspace button, and then I'll get pissed off because I didn't go back. Well, and that's the thing, right? If you use a browser for a certain way for so long, it becomes muscle memory. And when you lose that, it's insanely frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> let us call this a day. We've been on here for a little over an hour and a half, probably about mm. an hour and a half when it's all edited and stuff. So mm. uh, Parallax Abstraction, where can we find you? Uh, so if you go to, uh, geekbravado.com, that's my blog, which I'm probably finally going to start putting some new stuff on soon. And that no, is no, I'm, all my other I'm at, stuff. I meant physically. What's your address so, uh, people can actually stalk you? Oh, uh, Canada somewhere. <laughs> Canada yeah. somewhere. Just look, just Canada. look for Everyone Jerry. Everyone knows each other. You'll Canada. find me. <laughs> hey, do you, do you know Jerry? <laughs> Yeah, Jer just uh, just ask for Jerry from Canada. Everybody knows where I am. Yeah, oh, that's that that's that abstraction guy, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, over there. Yeah, like I don't that. watch his YouTube channel either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so your Twitter is PX Abstraction PXA Media. Yeah. Yep. For all your media stuff. Uh, yep. PX There's a bunch of new stuff up on YouTube. Some more stuff coming up there soon, and I'll be streaming Mother Russia Bleeds tomorrow. I hope. Yep. Uh, PX abstraction on twitch and then uh do you have a beam account or are you just i actually signed actually i'll yeah if you want to invite me to that team i signed up for it while we were chatting so it's px abstraction there too okay cool so we yep. got all those people uh we've got aroa where can we find you uh twitter at aroa no why uh, why do you guys not understand when i say that oh. i mean your address uh i'm behind the dairy queen in wood river Okay, cool. Aroa from the Aroa from the United States. It's easy. Yeah. Aroa <laughs> uh, on Twitter, row one three three seven on YouTube, and uh, I don't remember what I am on Beam, but I'm probably gonna it's use that for streaming. It's just it Aroa. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably use that for streaming, just because I think it's the better service now. So I think so too. It. I don't have any yeah. fans anyway. Yeah, I see. The problem is, I have like five hundred sixty-six followers on Twitch. Yeah, None of them watch to, me, but you're gonna have to start all over again. And once you get back to five hundred on Beam, then you can fly me out to your uh, to your house and, and do rock we band. Can hook up. Yeah, we can we can get it I all thought, back I, to where it was supposed I, to be. I thought I was going to your house uh, for your wedding next year. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that will happen. Yeah. Anyway, you can find me at beam.pro forward slash Reeton. You can also find me at beam.pro forward slash teams forward slash Reeton entertainment. And that will take you so that uh, it'll have a list. It'll have, you know, Aroa. It'll have myself. It will have Parallax Abstraction. If any one of us is streaming at, the, at that time, you can just click on our name, see that we're streaming. Uh, it'll yep. make it pretty handy. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. For now, I am still streaming on Twitch. Uh, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Reeton. Uh, Twitter is twitter.com forward slash Reeton. I, I think you might notice a trend here that I'm Reeton everywhere. No, it's too special. So uh, thankfully no one's ever taken my name ever. So that's good. There you go. Yeah. I anyway. Have the same name as some Spanish band. 
Do you? Yeah, I don't know. Cross promotional opportunities right there. <laughs> yeah, so have like you listened to them? They're, so, they're acoustic. That's 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 all I remember. Are they good? No. Oh. I mean, I mean, it, admittedly, this was back in like, God, when did I come up with that name? I don't even remember. Probably like eighth grade. You've been a row ever <laughs> since I knew you. Well, yeah, that was. Uh, well, it was. It would have been whenever I had my YouTube channel. So, it, at the very least, it was from 2007, maybe older than that. So oh. that was whenever I found out that Aroa existed because I wanted Aroa to be my YouTube channel. And then, nope, that already exists. Here we go. They're like, oh, whoa, I misremembered this. Oh, there you go. okay. A link. You get a link to that. Okay, I will. Uh... Listen to that in a bit. Uh, <laughs> th thank you guys for being here this week. Uh, I will. I'm gonna try to get the Battlefield One beta to work. And yeah, you should do that. It's good. You should. It's a, it's a good time. I liked it. Hopefully, and, you can uh, get it going. It's weird if you can run other Frostbite engine stuff. You should be able to run this. Yeah, I don't know what's up. I don't know. Maybe it's my drive, my mm -hmm. graphics driver. It's or been something. out a couple of days now, so chances are any common issues, someone's discussed and solved somewhere. Yeah, I'll there take were a drivers look at it. released on the yes, 30th. there were. Yeah, yeah see, there I... were Nvidia drivers for it. Oh, that might be it. I did just upgrade to the new ones for Deus Ex, but maybe Battlefield yeah, there was one. ones that came out after. They weren't required to make it work. I don't think they were just the like you know this will make it run better. But yeah, oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, uh. Make sure to follow us everywhere, and that way you'll get updates on whatever we're doing, or you know, if Aro and I want to bullshit to each other on Twitter or something. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.